Last week I was uh, wandering through the parish hall. There were still some workmen, still are some workmen, uh, working over there. And I went through a door um, and I inadvertently not banged into a uh, painter on the other side of the door. And so I apologized and he said, no worries. Well, actually I have a few worries. Anyway, I went, I went back to my office and a little bit later the same day I had to write um, someone in the parish to explain that we weren't able to do something that he wanted us to do. And he wrote back and said, no worries. Well, it got me thinking, you know, really, there are worries, aren't there? But anyway, so um, I, I went, I was driving home and I, and I called my son to explain, uh, and he, or he called me, and he asked me to do something that I couldn't do. And I said, I'm sorry, I can't. And he said, no worries. So where does this come from, this no worries? <laughs> I got a lot of worries. You know, I have macro worries. I, I worry about global warming. Uh, and it's not an insubstantial thing. I mean, it's not just an abstraction. It really matters. I worry about peace in the Middle East. I don't want my grandchildren sent off to war. And I bet you don't want any of your family sent that way either. You know, I worry about the general direction of the stock market, which has not been all that great recently. So I have macro, and I have micro worries too. And I, and, and I bet you share some of these. I worry about the health of my family, our family. I, you know, I worry about will I have enough money, will the bills really get paid? Will I have enough money to see me all the way to the end of my life? You know, these, these are not, these are real, real worries. So what is this no worry? And now comes Jesus and says, don't worry. Don't worry about your life. What you'll wear, what you'll eat. Don't worry about anything. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. And I have to tell you, I find that a difficult proposition to get behind. Perhaps, can you imagine a life without worries? I, I, that's hard for me. Maybe it has to do with priorities, some of it anyway. Um, uh, Phoebe and I, my wife and I, um, swear regularly we're not going to watch the news anymore. And then the very next day we watch the news. Because it's just too engaging, right? I mean, there's always something, something going on. But it also can be so dispiriting. I mean, you know, I worry about all that stuff. So do you. And uh, 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 the worst part of it, actually, we watch, I don't know about you, we watch the news hour on PBS. And one of the reasons is it's free of commercials. Because commercials will really make you worry. <laughs> right? None of us are strong enough or pretty enough or, or smart enough or Whatever, whatever it is we're supposed to be better at than the commercials say. Uh, Mother Teresa once said that the uh, poor in India, the poor in America are much poorer than the poor in India because the poor in America are constantly told just how much they don't measure up. Interesting. So maybe it has to, something to do with priorities. Uh, Phoebe, I give up on the, on the news. We'll stop watching the news. During the uh, 
Cultural Revolution in China, a missionary and his wife and children were put under house arrest. And they uh, weren't allowed to go anywhere. There was a guard stationed outside. And um, uh, if they had to go to the store or something, a guard accompanied them. Then one day, the, um, an officer showed up and said that they could leave the very next day and go back to America. Uh, the only stipulation was they could only take 150 pounds. So that night, they got out the bathroom scale. And they got all of their most precious treasures together. They got the, uh, the books. Oh my goodness, so many, way too many books. But which ones were, were, so, were, were that important they had to go? Had to, had to had to be taken. Um, the, uh, 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 the 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 figurine, the the the, uh, uh, the 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 vase that someone, uh, the one of the villagers had given them, which is so precious, it certainly had to had to go. Uh, the, the sermons, the pile of sermons, they were certainly extremely precious, and the whether they were good or not, it didn't matter. They were really precious, and they and the typewriter. Um, typewriter, that's an archaic device, manual device. <laughs> you can find some in, uh, in museums, I think. It's used to write sermons and other, and other things. But anyway, the typewriter, in those days, a valuable, a valuable tool. Anyway, they spent the whole night deciding, measuring which of the children's toys, which could stay. And they ended up, they, they finally sorted out their 150 pounds. The next morning, the officer showed up and said, uh, you ready to go? And the missionary said, yes. Said, uh, got your 150 pounds? Yes. Did you weigh everything? Yes. Did you weigh the children? Suddenly, the vase and the sermons and the books all just turned to dust. And everything got left behind and they didn't worry, worry about it a bit. Because what was really important was really important. And what was unimportant wasn't worth worrying about. Maybe that's what Jesus was getting at. Jesus directs our attention to what he called the kingdom of God and its righteousness. There are two concepts there that are worth a minute of conversation. Uh, righteousness comes to us from a Hebrew word, sadek, which, which doesn't mean upright, um, perfect, perfect, the perfect citizen. It means uh, someone who's attentive to their relationships, someone who works hard on their relationships with others. So righteousness isn't about being right, it's about being in right relationship. And the kingdom of God, we, can, we do far better if we just put aside the possibility that the kingdom of God may be someplace to which we aspire after we die. And focus instead on, the, on, on what Jesus thought, really thought and said was that the kingdom of God was among us, now, here, within us. The kingdom of God isn't... Um, some aspirational possibility, the kingdom of God is a way of life. It's the way of life that Jesus taught. 
And righteousness is a way of life in which the most important thing is our relationship with others. The opposite of righteousness is egocentricity. This is something that everybody, children have a hard time learning. We all, I suppose, have a hard time learning. I suppose there are people who never really figure it out. But it's not about me. It's always about you. And that takes a lifetime maybe to learn. And that's why they say that God's economy is not like the world's economy. The world's economy uh, functions on the, on the exchange of money. God's economy functions on the exchange of love. The God's currency is love, compassion, understanding. I suppose in a perfect world where everyone gets it about God's way of life, there are no worries. Because we all know whereas money is understood as a scarce commodity, love is anything but. Love grows geometrically. Money disappears, we think. I think the, one of the great advantages of age is that you get to watch more and more people in your family, beyond your family, as they grow. And they have their own families and their own circle of friends. And so you know for a fact, in, in your gut, that love continues to grow. I love to watch my children's children as they mature. I probably like it too much. I probably don't too much. But, it's, but you see, you can see love multiply time and time again. If I'm fortunate, I might live long enough to watch some of them begin, some of my grandchildren begin to form their own families, and then you'll see love grow exponentially. And that's what Thanksgiving is all about. Thanksgiving has less to do with the pilgrims and more to do with, relation, with our, our relationships. And often that's family, and that's great, and often it's beyond family. Because we're all family in God's economy, in God's kingdom, in God's way of life. And it's the, the ability, the willingness, the desire to reach out in love to everyone that constitutes the great value in thanksgiving and constitutes the great power in God's kingdom. So I hope you have a, th a very happy Thanksgiving. And I hope you're with friends, family, maybe even with people you haven't met yet. I hope so, because that expands the family. And remember that it is, in its way, a symbol a metaphor, if you want, for God's way of life. The fact that we go out of our way to gather at Thanksgiving is emblematic of the way God would have us be. One last thing. In a few minutes, we'll have another meal. We'll have a meal here at this altar. 
We call it Eucharist, but that's merely a Greek word that means Thanksgiving. And everybody's welcome. Everybody, there are no preconditions. You don't have to have done anything or been anything or, or amassed an amount of anything. You just have to be who you are to come to this table for this meal. And it too is emblematic of God's way of life. The, the sacred sharing of God's heavenly banquet, God's holy meal, God's essence, which is love. And in that, there are no worries. Amen.